as you'd like, baby. You don't gotta leave. I like the way you look when you look my way. And I see beauty in every single day. D. Happy Sunday morning. I'm here live in the studio with special guest Amberly Russell. Join me and Steady Steve for the next hour on Veterans Hour. When I'm here alone, I think how you felt right. Maybe I'll pick up the phone and I'll go outside. I'll count the stars. I wonder where the wind took you. I hope it ain't too far. Everyone's afraid of what they don't know Try to cage the light that they can't control Everyone's afraid of the love they see I think you're perfect, baby, take it from me There ain't nothing wrong with making you feel good There ain't nothing wrong with holding on To someone like you should There ain't nothing wrong with making us feel good Sweet. Good morning. That was Selfless Lovers. Daddy Steve, how are you? Good. How are you this morning? I'm doing well. Good morning, Amberly Russell. Good morning, Diesel D. <laughs> how are you? I'm so glad to have you here in this session. Oh my gosh, I'm so good. It only took you a few years to twist my arm oh my to God. come on here. <laughs> I know. Well, you know, it's it's kind of easy. I mean, and we were thinking, maybe we were talking about this the other day about how afraid public affairs was it was drilled into your head in the military that you don't talk to public affairs mm-hmm. and so how weird it is that 
when veterans get in front of a mic or it's like we're scared we're going to say the wrong thing i was like but this isn't the military anymore no this it's is like, hanging out with diesel d and yeah, Steve. you so. can you cannot have you can't have a bad day at a radio station in san marcos so how's it looking over in how was it in the hill country beautiful drive this morning oh it's such a beautiful drive i got to take the devil's backbone all mm-hmm. the way here nice and the rolling hills Gosh. and the hill country you is heaven it yeah it's beautiful and it's growing it's yeah, growing. it's blowing up, actually. All the people are coming? So many people. There's a, they, they all like us, and they come, and they wave, and they stay. Yep, they stay, because <laughs> it's, it's too good. Now, let me say, I have to say, uh, you have so many job titles. I don't even know. You're, I just, my number one favorite job title is good friend of mine. So oh, that's yeah. Aaron. Yeah, so I want to say that we met. I was thinking about this on the way, and we talked about when you were at Texas State, and you were working with your master's? Yes, I was. My master's in literature. And what were we, we got, you had a panel discussion. Yes, I, I did. I can't remember. It was my thesis. So my thesis was about um, popular narratives and women in combat. Okay. And how the narratives are so limited in scope for female mm-hmm. soldiers mm-hmm. on screen and in gaming and in literature narratives. Oh, wow. uh, and so I did focus groups with veterans. Oh, that's right. Talking about, largely about female veterans and the role of female veterans and how they're portrayed not only in the media but just in general right and it's conceptions it right there's a lot of them um and oh my gosh well my mind went to gi jane (laughs) yeah well and that's why yeah that's that's an interesting one too and we talked about that i think didn't we or we did yes that was one of the examples we talked about Mm -hmm. in the focus groups where i did a few one were all men one were all women, mm-hmm. and then one was blended. Mm-hmm. And it was so amazing to like see the differences from all of those mm-hmm. and how the narratives changed and how the narratives were different within those groups. Mm-hmm. It was a fascinating study. I'm so glad I got to do it. It taught me so much about media in mm-hmm. general and narratives and creating agency yeah. for especially uh, women mm-hmm. in the media yeah. and diversity. Well, yeah, that's very true. Yeah. I mean, and there were, and, and one of the things that's interesting too is coming out of the military and I talked with Steve about this, especially playing music and, and you know, mm-hmm. stuff that's kind of, you know, arts and music. It is such a different, um, there's no segue i mean there really is and 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 what i enjoyed about the fact that you were studying all this stuff is you know and i graduated from texas state Mm -hmm. so for me it was kind of a transition to go back up the hill and participate and be back on you know at my alma mater and go oh my gosh wow coming back here after before i was a soldier i was a kid in college running around getting drunk trying to get my degree Mm -hmm. you know and i and then go back and, and look at that and go, yeah. you know, because I was in when G.I. Jane came out. And yeah. I do remember thinking that there's no way that woman would have been, there was no spare time when, you, I mean, I just remember well, how it was fictitious. It's always the joke we have about, I joined right after Stripes came out. Mm-hmm. Right. And, you know, that was, made it look like a lot of fun, you know, fighting right. you know, whatever well, with an RV. Right. And then, and then you said you joined after Private Benjamin or something. Yeah, I mean, I was like movie. Private Benjamin yeah. when I got, yeah, I really was. But that portrayal of the dumb idiot female soldier in that day was in a vet. I mean, yeah. I mean, that was... Well, and then I forgot about it, but I noticed on YouTube the other day there was like a TV movie that came out at the same time called She's in the Army Now with mm-hmm. Jamie yeah. Lee Curtis. Mm-hmm. And Ellen Barkin, I think, was right. the, her drill sergeant. Right. Maybe she was from Private Benjamin, but 
Yeah. But it was like almost a direct ripoff of the same movie. You know, right. A exactly. Of, a bunch of pampered princesses. Right. I think the best portrayal that I've seen is Fort Bliss. There's a movie called Fort Bliss. It's, I feel like a lot of times women are hypersexualized mm-hmm. in Absolutely. the media. Mm-hmm. And especially female veterans' storylines get hypersexualized. Mm-hmm. Fort Bliss had elements of sexual like health mm-hmm. that were, you know, just normal things that we experience, but also like sexual assault in the military. Mm-hmm. But it wasn't salacious. Right. It it was more like matter of fact. Yeah. Like, this is what's going on. We're not going to hypersexualize this. We're going to just portray it as as the world is. Right. Uh, and to me, that film is a shining example of huh. female veteran narratives. Wow. Yeah. That's the name of the base in El Paso. Right? Yes. Okay. Very yeah. sandy. That's right. Oh. Okay. Well, because <laughs> I had a friend. That's how you learn how to keep grit out your weapon. Well, yeah. I'm sure it's great training for the Middle <laughs> yes, East. Yes, it is. But a friend of mine was out there and he said the joke was always uh, ignorance is bliss. Mm. Yeah. That's uh, kind of funny. But then I'm thinking for a movie title, a lot of civilians who never heard of that would think that was a made up name. Mm. Like, you know, find your bliss or, well, I mean, a, I guess it was a person's name. Right. But uh, probably a Civil War general that probably so. rename soon. <laughs> I don't know. Who knows? I don't know. Because I know there's talk now. about Fort Hood is the same deal. Yeah. He was a. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But, you know, in all the major installations, I think that that has always been an issue. And so I think, you know, that was part of, you know, that was and that's part of, I guess, what I struggle as a journalist in the military and after was covering that. I mean, like getting those real reports and, you know, sticking them, you know, putting them somewhere else. Well, and I was the one that made the reports because I was a military police officer. So I responded to a lot of domestic violence instances and Mm -hmm. rape Mm -hmm. um, and sexual assault and sexual harassment on behalf of leadership and things like that. So I saw it firsthand. And so when sometimes when people who didn't see it say Mm -hmm. that doesn't exist, I'm like, well, I saw it firsthand because I had to process criminals in the military and not only soldiers, but husbands. Yeah, uh, and contractors. Yes, yes, <laughs> yes. Everybody, everybody. And I was in the first infantry division. Oh yeah. So I was in Busy. Germany in the big red one, mm-hmm. and I was one of a handful of females on my post, and it was very intense. Mm-hmm. Uh, we did have a lot of spouses there. Germany is so beautiful. Everyone wants to go there <laughs> and stay there. Mm-hmm. And a lot of bases in Germany are now defunct. Right. And the big red one has moved back stateside. Mm-hmm. But, um, yeah. Wow. It's just, a, yeah. It's well, because I was a uh, mental health clinic. Um, I didn't do any counseling. I was technician. But, you know, uh, administrative records, whatever. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, a lot of domestic uh, mm-hmm. Violence. I was in England during the uh, '80s, late '80s. Yeah. Or I guess early '80s. But, well, I mean. But just you know, you 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 have little America and these overseas bases, and they right. try to you know make it as much like home as possible. Without it, them resenting the heck out of but us. But then a lot of issues they won't let um, dependents have jobs in right. these foreign economies either. Mm-hmm. Right. And True. so there's a lot of a lot of alcohol abuse, a lot of time on their hands, a lot of you know. Right. It's always, and we talk about this too, it's always amazing how many, how many people, their spouses would not leave because they weren't comfortable leaving the installation, exploring this beautiful area. And mm-hmm. so to stay on base and stay drunk and is we safer were, yeah, than the NCO we club. in England where there was no language barrier either. Right. It's like, but I'd be like, bye. Our, uh, we were uh, supporting a lot of bases in Germany, so yeah. a lot of times entire squadrons would leave 
and all their dependents would be at home with nothing to do. Yep. And if they weren't the type of people to go out on their own. Mm, that's just making for stuff. Yeah. yeah, and you got to see all that. I did. And then we got to print it up in the courts, martial. <laughs> right, right. So we're looking at three different angles of three the same Three different issue. angles. Yeah. All, yeah, and it's, wow, that's interesting. I didn't even really thought about that. But yeah. Um, well, one of the ways that when I came back to serve that community that had gone through so much, uh, female veterans in particular, is by, I actually built the um, community relations department mm -hmm. at KTSW at Texas State University. That's right. Yes. And with that, I got to have pillars that I focused on. Mm -hmm. And one of the pillars was veterans. Mm -hmm. And the others were like health and wellness and early childhood education and the arts and music because we were a music right. radio station. <laughs> Right. So I just blended it all together, all my passions. Mm -hmm. And Dan Schumacher, who is over Sounds at so KTSW, yes. mm -hmm. he's just a phenomenal human being. He's been there like 20 years. Or yep, yeah. he been has. There. He'll probably retire soon. I don't know. He loves it. Yeah. But um, I did speak to him recently, and they're still doing great work in the community. Mm -hmm. But he really gave me free reign and autonomy to just do my passion. Mm -hmm. And when people do that with me, they get... Amazing Excellence, stuff. Yeah. You know, because I I tend to work harder when that happens and he did trust me mm -hmm. and it was a beautiful experience. I got to talk to so many veterans, came on the radio station there, mm -hmm. and I just love what y'all are doing here. Mm -hmm. Things like this in the community, like Veterans Hour at KZSM, mm -hmm. things like this really help veterans with their mental health, since it's Mental Health Awareness Month. Absolutely, May's <laughs> Mental Health Month. And really is a healing way for veterans to not only talk about their service but to process right and connect and connect with people who it's safe to process with you yes. know and that is the greatest gift for me is when someone has their moment and I mean dead air on the radio with a veteran if something mm -hmm. you know it's like right. that it's like okay you've had your you know because I feel like the language you know we've we were trained with weapons, but words are, you know, they're, they're an amazing weapon. And when words come out and people process also through songwriting or art or poetry or whatever art or format it comes out in, if it's healthy, it's just absolutely amazing that it can turn into something positive. Right. And if it helps someone else, it wasn't for naught. You know, it's, it, was, it, was, it had some purpose. And so, yeah, so I told, and that's, that's, She's so good at this. You're such Stop. a way. You're so sneaky. Stop it. You are, so, and you, okay, so how long were you in? I was in for four years. I did my four. I knew I wasn't going to be a lifer. Mm -hmm. It was, I feel like I did good work when mm -hmm. I was there uh, and was ready to leave when I, when I left. So never thought of doing, never thought of saying, oh, yeah, well, this is the thing for me. You're no, I didn't. I really would do it again, though. Mm -hmm. What made you join? What made me join was that I was in college for like a year before <laughs> I got out of high school, or I mean, after I got out of high school, rather. And I, my brother had a car accident, actually, okay. and I was out of state. And okay. we were, we've always been really close. Mm -hmm. He was one of my best friends growing up. And when he, when that happened with him, I was away mm -hmm. and I wanted to come back to be with him. Because I couldn't see myself just being out there. You know what you do when you're a freshman in college? Mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I don't you know. know. I know what some people were. I don't know what I was <laughs> Well, I had that experience for <sighs> one year before the military. Mm -hmm. And I came back and I just, 
I wasn't, I just had done this adult thing, you mm-hmm. know, coming back and seeing, seeing what I, you know, just being with Jay. Mm-hmm. That's my brother. And being honest, there's bigger things and partying. There's bigger things. I want to go do bigger things. I want to be out in the world, making the world a better place. And serving mm-hmm. has always been essential to my core being, mm-hmm. uh, service to others in mm-hmm. particular. And so I was like, I'm going to. I'm going to go into the army. Mm-hmm. Did you my, choose law enforcement or did they choose you? I chose it because uh, my grandfather was in the Korean War and he was a military police officer oh, okay. on the DMZ. Oh, wow. Yes. And his pictures. Oh, my gosh. I, I have some of his pictures in mm-hmm. an archive. I'm a digital archivist now. Cool. I have a master's in archives from UT, Hook'em Horns. Mm, nice. Horns. <laughs> so I'm, a, I'm in preservation now. That's my job now. Mm-hmm. And um, I have pictures of my grandfather. Oh, wow. I, uh, from on the DMZ with like a shovel. <laughs> I mean, legit, uh, digging ditches and stuff. Mm. <laughs> right. And he was an MP. Stereotypical army. Yeah, yeah he was. Yeah. <laughs> oh, my gosh. It's yes. the photos they don't show don't you on time. <laughs> <laughs> well, we were just talking about the preconceptions people have about the military. <laughs> yeah. No. There's a picture of you with a shovel. You're rowing in the dirt. It doesn't help them <laughs> image much, yeah. Oh, my gosh, that's so true. Oh, but it wasn't like that at all. Oh, uh-huh, no, not at all. Um, carry this thing up and down stairs like 20 times for no reason reason Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. (laughs) please do um yeah and so he Mm -hmm. used to tell me his stories about korea the korean war Mm -hmm. and uh that made me want to be an mp that's interesting because he was that is so fascinating you know because my grandpa i interviewed my grandfather when i was in high school because he was in world war ii and i wanted to interview my grandmother because she was in world war ii either but she would not talk about it Yeah. yeah you know and so so did you so you knew immediately you were going to go army mp Yes, I knew immediately I wanted Army MP just because of his stories yeah. and the history of my family. Right. Hmm. That's amazing. I went in. Well, you know, I went in just to get it. I mean, I, I'm glad. I mean, it took me four. I had to get a degree before I realized, you know what? You can't keep partying forever. <laughs> I, had to, I was like, well, I guess I ought to go be adult. I wonder who's going to let me in. <laughs> oh, the Army will let me who, who will take me? <laughs> who will pay me to learn how to adult? Oh, my gosh. <laughs> so true. Hmm, what's the most <laughs> amount of money I can make off of this? And travel. I and mean, tra- I got right. to go to Germany. Like, it's beautiful. Mm-hmm. You're just driving down the Autobahn and randomly see a castle on a hill. It's see? Just- right. Mm-hmm. <gasps> that, yeah. I got to go all the way to North Carolina. Although you do need a passport to be in that state, I really think you should have to have a passport <laughs> and definitely some immunizations. <laughs> so, and I was, yeah, Bragg was good and Campbell yeah. and then back to Bragg. But, yeah, it was. I got my money's worth. Yeah. I was at Fort Leonard Wood in the <gasps> summer doing basic training, and it was so hot. Oh, God. It's hot here. It's hot th- It's hot in Texas just like it is there in Missouri, and it was. But did it seem like it was an easier Oof. transition? Because I went. I w- uh, why? Because of the weather, like mm-hmm. used to being to the weather. Yeah, was it easier? It was because I was a teenager. Right. And I was an athlete. Okay. And I played ball in the heat. Okay, so and you I were think acclimated. that made me better. Oh, yeah. See, I was a ballet dancer, and uh, I was not used to the heat. And, <laughs> but but I was better at the heat than the winter. But anyway, we'll talk From about that From ballet to the battlefield. I know. Right, Ooh, there's right. a book. We got to come back. Trade I, in go your, ahead, Steve. We call those shoes. Yeah. <laughs> All right. You're listening to philosophy. I do this every week. <laughs> you're starting to hurt my feelings. First. Yeah, right, right. Yeah. That's why I thought that. Now it's Veterans Hour here on KZSM.org. The opinions expressed on this program are those of the hosts and guests do not reflect those of the 
the radio station, KZSM.org, or its governing body, SMTXCRA. And we'll be right back after this brief message. Anybody out there interested in chess? Join us at the San Marcos Local Chess Club. We get together every Wednesday from 6 p.m. to 8.30 p.m. at the San Marcos Public Library. All levels are welcomed. Everybody is welcomed. All ages are welcomed. It's a really chilled environment just to enjoy and play some chess all together. Veterans Hour is supported and underwritten by down-to-earth barbecue sauces and rubs. Gluten-free, no MSGs. 512-585-4497 or sauce at downtoearthbarbecue.com. Get down to earth and get sauced. All righty. We're back in studio live with Amberly Russell, Main Muscle. <laughs> we were talking about, okay, so you did the MP stuff. You came back, got your master's, taught in the love of the storytelling. Because that's, I mean, I, you know, you do the archiving and that seems like perfect segue for you because I feel like you so, you so very much are a storyteller. And I, so, yeah, tell me about how you ended up, what, tell me about what that I- even is. Storytelling is my passion. Mm-hmm. You're right. I get that from my mom. My mm-hmm. mom is a hairstylist and they are like psychologists, mm-hmm. you know? And so they just. Philosophers. They <laughs> are philosophers. She is. And she's funny. She's like Ron White, funny, <laughs> except nice. she doesn't drink scotch. She drinks right. box wine right. um, and <laughs> <laughs> smokes misty lights instead of cigars. Oh my God. Um, <laughs> so I get storytelling from my mom for sure. And uh, be, so being an archivist now, I did uh, leave Texas State and go to be. Um, trained to be a digital archivist and librarian at UT in mm-hmm. the iSchool. Hook 'em horns, like I said. Hook 'em. <laughs> that, yes. That small oh, college up sorry. the road. That's tiny, tiny. In the thing. suburb of San Marcos. Uh-huh. <laughs> exactly. Uh, and I got to just learn about, I've always loved history, as you can tell from my stories previously today. And it was just such a natural evolution to go from a literature degree to a library and archives degree because getting a literature degree, I was in the library for hours and hours all the time. Did you have your little tent? Do you have your own little personal copy? You know mm. I did. I know you did. I had my little fortress. Little hutch. I was like, you kids be quiet. <laughs> I am studying. Did you give Good people the stink eye? <laughs> you know Sit I did. Down, you. I Sit gave down. them that MP hand, you know, that hand that's just like, you know, that one. Quiet it down. <laughs> Simmer down, mister. Command presence, always. Uh, no, I so chilled cool. out a little bit. I chilled out a little bit in, the, in my day, but not. We have to not. age out. We still got a little <laughs> kick to us, but we start slowing down. So uh, what is your current capacity or who are you with now? I'm with the Permanent Legacy Foundation. You can find them at permanent.org. Mm-hmm. And they are a digital archives. It's like an online museum. It's okay. super cool. It's a place where you can go and sign up for a free account. And you can create your own personal archive. Mm-hmm. So the cool thing about being at UT was the internships. Okay. I got to intern at the Whitliff Collection. Oh, wow. And the Texas Music Collection. Oh, my So, goodness. like, we yeah. were processing... Um, um, all of the greats, uh, all of the Texas greats, like Jerry Jeff Walker oh my gosh. and all of their stuff. <laughs> and Stevie getting, Ray Vaughan. 
Yes. Oh my gosh. And getting their stuff. And so a lot of like acclaimed Southwest writers uh, are in that archive at the Whitliff. And Ray Benson's cowboy hat came in. Oh, wow. Do you know that man shook my hand one time and he swallowed my whole <laughs> hand because he's so big? Oh, my And gosh. his cowboy hat is like, think of the biggest bowling ball. And it's like that cowboy hat could fit on that bowling ball. Like, he is a giant. It, where was he from? <laughs> and it was so it was, cool to see his cowboy oh hat. Oh, my God. I say New Hampshire or Vermont or something. But Was he? He's from somewhere northeast. Is he? But he's lived in Texas over yeah. 50 years. Oh, we claim okay. him. Yeah, we claim him. He got here as quick <laughs> he as he He claims us, too. Mm. Yes. So, That's amazing. Yeah, it was so cool. That is. And that, oh, and, and so they, and then they stayed there for a while, and then they rotate. Oh, my God. But, and you got to do all that stuff. Yes, it was really amazing. It fed my love for archiving. I was studying both libraries and archives at that time. But archiving all of the music collections, because, you know, I mm -hmm. love music uh, and am in the music community here. And yes. <laughs> well, I say, we need to talk about getting you to help out with KZSC. Oh, yeah, for sure. <laughs> she costs you. a pretty penny. Stop. <laughs> <laughs> we'll, we'll get a grant or something. <laughs> yeah. Grants are good. Grants, Grants are, are good. good. Money yeah, is good. We wanna, we you know, we've dot been on org. The, well, <laughs> this is our sixth year, <laughs> you know, and we've recorded everything, so yeah. we need to start cataloging Yeah, we've been archiving. Yeah. We're in that thing. Well, now I'm with the Permanent Legacy Foundation. They're a place where you can create, curate, and collaborate on living archives for yourself or your organization. <laughs> and it's such a cool place to be. The people there are brilliant. Our engineers are top-of-the-line engineers. We are a small team, but we work really, really hard at what we do. And our niche is preservation and history and capturing people's lives. Right. What is so beautiful about that is that when I was at the Whitliff Collections, processing famous people's mm -hmm. stuff, mm -hmm. things, things, treasures, stories. Right. Oh, Ooh, God, we got love letters. Oh, we got love letters from musicians. It was so cool. I bet cool. the energy <laughs> off of some of that stuff. It's making my life Yes, the energy. Ooh, you know, I love antiques. You oh. know, I love going to an antique store. The energy in antique stores is off the chain. Yes, I got to oh sage God. everything after I go into an antique weird. store. <laughs> um, so... <laughs> Uh, just doing all of that had me looking to do that in the community because I was just thinking like, you don't have to be famous to, to deserve a, an, a professional level archive. Mm -hmm. And I want to give professional level archives at an archivist level that famous people get like at the Whitliff or other amazing archives for regular folks because right. as you know i am a regular folk sitting folk here with other folk exactly <laughs> and our lives are amazing i've had so many adventures so have you so has steve we've had we have excellent we stories. Have stories we have some stories Dave. and okay so the other thing about digital archiving is it can come in any format so recordings yes i can process any format i can i can take old tapes i can take any kind of format and process it digitally, especially old print photos and slides. Girl, I'm about to bring you some of my projects. Oh, yeah, we do. I would love to do that. Okay. Oh, yeah, I forgot. I'm so it's excited. so fun. I bet it is. I just love it. I really bet it is. And we were talking about when I was someone trying to find, I've got to find the artist who did my photos when I was in college. She did photo stuff. There's a couple of them I'd like to buy from her. And so, yeah, I could stick that in there. 
I don't know how to get it. She's got them. I don't think they're, I don't know how to get them, but yeah. It's cool because it's in the cloud too. So it it can be passed down from generation to generation. And Mm -hmm. like I said, if you just go to permanent.org, if you go to the digitize tab, you will see my face. Your face. I am am building this fee for service. (sighs) So it's cool too, because just as a veteran to get to go into a prestigious nonprofit and, and be able to build uh, fee for service within a nonprofit and kind of like uh-huh. there's my face. See? Oh look at it. Permanent.org slash preser- preservation services. I know. <laughs> look at you're such a hard worker. There's my face. Mm-hmm. We're looking at our site right now. I'm like, ah. Well, <laughs> well, I just wanted to off. see what you were talking about. <laughs> I know, I know, but we well, know because I started my about. career at a camera store. Oh. And so I was like digitizing only this before digital. Yeah. We were taking whole movies and putting them on VHS. And then later CD-ROM and then yeah. DVD, but all that's gone now, yep. right? Because it's all in the cloud, like right. you said. Yeah. That's what's. But, but see, I've seen it. But I've done that with like my dad's vinyl records. I've done it with his slides. Nobody has a slide projector anymore, you know. Uh, the photos, photos. It's really tough to get them right. good without getting a reflection of your camera in it or whatever. Right. So I just digitized hundreds of slides for a client, and it was. The colors that came out, we don't, we do true to color too. Mm. We don't try to make the photos look like a digital photo now with the DSLR. Why would you even want Mm -hmm. that? Yeah, I like that. Why would you you even want that? Like preservation is about in keeping with what was original and Mm. preserving it. And, and to see the colors like the, of of old digital slides come come out, it's just it's magical to me. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Made my goose hair stand on end. <laughs> I was like, you're about to make my goosebumps stand. Well, up I'm on passionate it. about it. I know, I and you're good it. at it. Thank and you, you. Well, and see, oh, and you do know she did the album. She did my album work, which, by the way, I got to give you a shout out for my buddy Pete because he's a photographer and he said excellent job. You did Aww. wonderful on the marketing package. Thanks, but yeah, Steve. she she packaged these nuts for me and helped <laughs> send them out there. I know that's where we're friends. <laughs> that is the best name of a project I've ever worked on in music. Uh, she dragged me around the hill country, dragging these nuts around, taking pictures. Well, you said, yeah, I she packaged you. them. Yeah. Packaged them, made them, made them presentable for the market. Yes, photography uh-huh. is a therapeutic passion of mine. And you're so good. And, and you do video work too, don't I you? I do. I make music videos. I just had a music video come out with my best friend, Pearl Z. Mm. You can find her at Pearl Z music all over everything. Yeah, she's amazing. She's just a beautiful human being. She's too. got some energy. She's got an energy to her. Yes. You know? it's, just it's palpable mm-hmm. and infectious. It is. It's contagious. No, it is. It's like. It's the kind of virus you want to get. She's the kind of person I love working with. Mm-hmm. She just. You tend to good. I don't see you working with people who. I mean, I find. I mean, you've worked with Chuck Hawthorne. Yes. I mean. You and you, you do Sean amazing, pro- yeah, amazing oh, yeah. projects. Texas Highways, or you know, I mean, you, yeah, was, I mean, you've just done amazing work. You're I, all over the place. I love freelancing. I, I still like, do freelance work, mm-hmm. photography and videography. Mm-hmm. That's what got me through those two degrees. I just did them back to back, those mm-hmm. master's degrees, and freelancing in music, um, photography, and videography is what helped me to do that because mm-hmm. of the flexibility. Right, yeah. and then you know what, and that's. Uh, that's I yeah that makes sense. I mean, and mm-hmm. I could I wish I had confidence in myself when I was that age to do that. But I also think I didn't. You know, I think I after spending so much time behind a camera in the military, I remember when I walked away. One of the things I didn't like is you had stories, which I like better here, 
But in the military, you had stories of people, and then they'd go away. You never found out what happened mm. to them, you mm-hmm. know, because they either deployed, and we talked about this, the guy, mm-hmm. I did an interview um, with a, a, a veteran who had survived the Bataan Death March. And, you know, my, my editor gave me like two hours to sit down with this guy and talk with him. And I was, I, you know, I ended up getting in trouble, but I stayed the whole day. Cause I mean, once that man opened up, mm-hmm. I'm not shutting him two down. Two hours wasn't enough. Oh no. And I, and to me, you can't open up that kind of story and then go, okay, well, bye now. Thanks right. for your time. Uh-huh. So see ya. <laughs> right. Turn you know, we'll see yeah. <laughs> Okay. Next, you know, and it's just like, okay. So we sat at that man's kitchen table all day wow. and drank coffee and talked and he pulled out photos and it was absolutely phenomenal. And that was kind of what I realized, you know, it's like I story after story of people and you don't know, you know, I don't know if that story ever went anywhere other than the Fort Campbell Courier, exactly. you know, and if his, you know, his children knew that he ever did that, yeah. you know, because I do run into so many veterans whose children have no idea what they did, you know, until they pass. Mm-hmm. You know, and they, you know, and so it's so, but I do, I feel like when I walked away, I just really didn't want to make any more connections because they kept going. Mm -hmm. But again, back at the studio here and being in the community, it is Mm -hmm. a different kind of, um, it's a different purpose to help Mm -hmm. serve the community and reach out to veterans and say, hey, you have a voice and what do you want to share, you know, and, and. The biggest question is, the biggest response I always get from veterans is, oh, I don't have anything to say. And I was like, well, give it time, <laughs> you know. And I've got an old Vietnam veteran. He's, he, we've been trying to get him on. And, you know, you can talk about whatever you want to talk about. And he's like, no, nah, man, they'll come and kill me. I love you. Well, I'm here to attest that I said the same thing for years, and Dee finally got me here, and here we are. Fortunately, rambling on and on. All my guests are still alive and well. I was going to say, you're talking about your reluctance, not your death fear. Yeah, they're they're scared. My reluctance. I I think I said a few times, I don't have anything to say. (laughs) And Dee said, Okay. Well, we, <laughs> we get, we get you know a few dozen, sometimes triple digit listeners, but we don't have the whole world's not out to get us. Well, right. Well, <laughs> and, yeah. and yeah. part of it is I realize part of it is we still think we're you know if we haven't stepped away, we're still thought you know he still thinks he's that important. You know, and mm. that's part of that Vietnam era because they didn't get the thank yous. Oh. And when you try to give them the thank yous, they don't know how to accept it like much, most veterans. Yeah. But there's also that realization that coming and talking about what you did, not even what you did, but coming back and acknowledging someone in a studio on the radio is a lot for him to swallow. Like to say, to hear someone on the radio say on record, whether there's zero listeners or ever, to say thank you. And welcome home. Right. And right. I'm glad you came in for this hour with me just to sit oh with me gosh. for it and can well, have a cup of coffee. And yes. again, you know, I always have to bring it back to myself because that's the only reference I have. <laughs> I but but it's like part of me thinks like, well, I didn't really do anything that important or noteworthy. I mean, I just. But I you went did in, something. Well, we said this before, you know, I went in for personal and selfish reasons. You know, or not, I want to say selfish, but personal reasons, you know, more so than serving my country. That was just secondary or right. you know further down the list right so part of it is like a bit of humility it's like oh shucks you don't have to thank me i was just you know going to see the world i was going you know to but you didn't even get to see that really yeah i, did. I, I got mean, to see a good part of europe of yeah but then but then you know and wichita falls yeah. yes so but then the other Wichita. side of it is like 
you know, maybe what I did, I shouldn't be revealing to people either. Mm. Right. Not that I did anything that was secret, but it's not something that should be. Right. You don't you talk know, about it. You don't want to bad mouth, you know, your service either. Are you right? And it I took me 10 years to talk about, by the way. Mm. I haven't been where I am right now. Always. Oh, yeah. Talking about it's a my slow service. walk home. It's just, it was it's a long just, walk home. It's something I put out of my mind. I was neither regretful or proud of. Yeah. You right. know, I was just indifferent to until we started this show. The right. Last, you know, three I years tucked it now. in a box and put it under the bed. But, and I think that's but, what we've t- we're trying yeah, to do. But now I'm like recontacting some of my old friends yeah. and looking up photos. Yeah, and and going back. Going on Google to see if the base where I was at. <laughs> yeah, is, you know, be curious. See, still, yes. And it makes you go back and go, you know what? I did Those do stories. something. And then, Yes, and what were your stories? Because you did do something. And even if it was you sat in a chair so someone else didn't have to. You processed people. I mean, that's like when people say, you remember they just had this big movie about that uh, first it was a first. It was a unit of, of black women who had to get the backlog of mail from soldiers processed in World War II because there was such a backlog. And they brought in all these women, and they went in there, and all they did was mail sort. Mm-hmm. But they got that cleared mm-hmm. in a record period of time. Mm-hmm. And to say that, you know, administrative or quote unquote pencil pushers, when people said that to me, it would make me mad mm-hmm. because everybody plays a role. Yep. Sure. And that pencil, pu- you know, that's a quick way to get your leave. Like, oh, we missed your leave day. It gets pushed in the trash. That's a quick way for you to get sent to Korea in the summer. I can't seem to find your orders. Yeah, and that's where your vaccination records get lost. (laughs) Or you know, don't poke at the pencil pushers. Do not, do not. You know, and so that's what was. It's it's always amazing when I hear you downplay your service. So it's funny. Well, I mean, not funny, funny, but not not so much downplay. But again, I was you know in charge of people's uh, privacy too, Mm. which is critical. Working in their medical records and what have you. Yes. So you'd see people on base, you couldn't be like, oh, hey, how's your wife? You oh, know? my, yeah. It's more like, um, hey, what's up? You know, you, you kind of recognize each other, but you couldn't you really. You don't know why. That's fascinating. Yeah. I never thought about that side of it. Right, mm-hmm. that's interesting. I, yeah. Yeah, because I knew people's secrets, but I couldn't. Me too. I couldn't walk around like I <laughs> knew too. their secrets, yeah. Yeah, you keep your head down. Yeah. Yeah, look at the rank. Don't look at the face. Look at the rank. Right, right, yeah. And that's what I remember. Just don't, yeah. Because all I needed to remember was the rank. You know, but don't again, attach any memories. You know, I, I am proud of the team that I was on. I said I didn't do the actual therapy or counseling, but I, you know, uh, worked for two social workers. Right. And so we had an important mission there, keeping morale up. You know. <laughs> and keeping people, giving people tools for coping and dealing with and, stuff. And I like the fact that it was more social work than psychology. Because yeah. like when I was stateside, I worked with psychiatrists and psychologists and that was people with real, you know, mental problems. Right. But like overseas, it's mostly just like, oh, you know, Having financial problems, or you know, a family right. member died, we got to get home in an emergency, or well, not coping with time changes. I mean, right. So it was more just adaptability issues, and then, like I said, being in a foreign country, you might know how to take care of things at home, but yeah. over here, you're like, well, what are the resources? Right. Yes. So and we that were, is we were more, like I said, a social work office than a mental health clinic, and that's a critical so function important. because when it goes mm-hmm. away, what you end up is bigger mental health clinics because you don't handle it on the lower level because social work is grand. I mean, that's and we would have. To refer people to Lake and Heath, you know, the regional yeah. hospital. And if you but, can, uh, if you can alleviate the stressors on the ground level before they build up, you know, and to try to, you know, because I mean, I remember that was part of public affairs was if we can get them before they blow up, before mm-hmm. you know, and trying to get them to tell the tell the PAO what can we do to help you 
with this, you know, everybody's stressed or what, especially after 9-11. Yeah. I mean, trying to deal with that was, you know, I don't know. When were you in? I don't even remember when you were in. 2004. My deployment was in the Balkans. So you were actually <sighs> in before 9-11. Yes. Mm-hmm. And where were you in on 9-11? Uh, well, oh I did God. a little stint as a reservist oh, wow. before I went mm-hmm. on active duty. And so I was a reservist mm-hmm. right at that time. I, I had just done that. Mm-hmm. And then when I saw the towers falling, I was like, no, I just trained to, I'm not trained. I'm not training just to be a reservist right. now. Something just happened. We got to go. And I'm going to go help and do what I can do and do my service for my country that I love so much was just attacked. Mm -hmm. So I'm not going to sit here on my couch and do nothing when I just went through training to do something about it. And so I went and got on active duty. Nice. And And where did you enlist? In my uh, naivete, Uh (laughs) I thought thought the 1st Infantry Division would be going there so uh-huh. i wanted to go to the first infantry division but the second infantry division went <laughs> <laughs> see all that good planning <laughs> yeah that i'm thinking. so smart so smart but yeah i got i got to go my deployment was in the balkans and uh it was phenomenal because in the early 2000s yes and um i was in kosovo mm-hmm. in kamenica camp kamenica we were away from our company, which was cool, we were always an outline platoon, oh, nice. which means you don't have to be around the commander mm-hmm. <laughs> and all of that. It's a, it's a little more relaxed. Well, yeah, that was with me. Like my first <laughs> assignment was at Shepherd, which was a regional hospital, you know, and so all kinds of brass coming through there. Mm-hmm. Yes, and then when up. I was when I was in England, it was like a small base with yeah. a clinic. More laid back. I, I think the highest ranking person on base was maybe a burl, uh, colonel. Wow. Yes, I think we discussed the dog and pony show a lot. Uh, We did not have to do that. We worked. We really worked. We worked hard. And I did a lot of night patrols and a lot of road blockades and Mm -hmm. search and seizures because I was one of the only females and females can only search females. So I was always out um, in the community patrolling. um, And yeah. I was served. I did um, a year with the 716th MP Battalion. Oh, are we? Okay, time yeah. for break. Okay, we'll come back. Yeah, conversation just gets going so good. We have so many stories. All right, we'll be right back after this. 35 days and a long hey, Steve, what are you doing Thursday? Talking about the third Thursday of the month? Yes, but when they've got that, what's going on in the alley? Kissing Alley? The Kissing Alley concert from KZSM.org. Oh, that's the third Thursday that's coming up. Who's playing this? Band called Selfless Lovers. Oh, that's who we're listening to right now, yes? Song called 35 Days. 35 Days, which is more than we have to wait to go see them Thursday. Thursday at the Kissing Alley? That's Thursday, the 19th of May. Yes, starting at 7 p.m. to 10 p.m. Open to all free, open to the public. Veterans Hour is supported and underwritten by down-to-earth barbecue sauces and rubs. Gluten-free, no MSGs. 512-585-4497 or sauce at downtoearthbarbecue.com. Get down-to-earth and get sauced. All right, we are back in the studio with Amberly Russell Main Muscle. I have to ask you this: yes. we, were talk- we were talking about everything. We were talking about MPs. What was your biggest stress reliever when you were when you would get off? What was your what was your like coping 
That's a good question. I know. We got to go back and look. I'm like, a traveler. Gonna... Luckily, I was in Germany mm-hmm. to, to be able to do that and to go to a new place all the time mm-hmm. because I knew nothing about Germany because I grew up in Blum, Texas, population 444, y'all. Oh, Yes, wheat fields and dairy farms. I love it. So I didn't know the world and just being able to go out and discover the wide world, mm-hmm. that was the way wow. I hoped. What, that what, would be. What was your post in Germany? Schweinfurt. I was hmm. in Schweinfurt. That sounds familiar. Hmm. Well, my dad was at Zweibrücken uh, when I was a kid, air base. And our company was in Würzburg. Okay, yeah. Um, but we were in Schweinfurt and I... I I liked it there. It was a cool little community. I love that they keep architectural integrity in mm-hmm. Germany. Oh, and I everything love it. I wish they would do that here. Beautiful. Now everybody's picking up all the stuff and move. We figured out we can move old houses. Everybody who's moving here has just figured it out. So now they're just going to pick them up. I and was move talking them. with somebody about San Marcos because <laughs> the neighborhood we're in in downtown, it's anywhere from like the 1880s mm-hmm. up wow. to the 1920s. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And they're picking mm-hmm. up and moving the houses because they don't mm-hmm. want to mow them down. Right. And everybody's, it's kind of like what Corpus Christi has. They moved all their little historic areas to one, one historic, one area, like historic plaza or something. And Rainy Street had that, but not anymore. Stone Mountain in that Georgia. Do you you ever want to go back to Germany? We should do I a, do. We should do a journalistic KZSM radio show. Uh, like, get the station to send us to Germany. We need to find. Let's go. <laughs> I'll go. Yes. I'll be the, the tour guide. You can in the photographer, and <laughs> yes. then you'll be producer, and I'll be running my mouth. I oh can my do well, be we'll the each, documentarian. We'll do a story about where we were stationed. Yeah. Oh, we can shoot live, and live. then we can archive it, and then we can archive it <laughs> for <laughs> everyone forever. A long walk home. That's what we can call it. Let's go. Longest walk. Yeah. How funny. Tear down that wall. What did you said you were already there in two thousand? Right or later, yeah. Later. We'll so, what did you do, Steve, for cope? Like, when I mean, I you I don't see you as somebody who would get stressed, but I do know you get irritated. So, like, when you would get pissed at work, is that a bad word? Ticked off at work. What was your stress reliever? Well, I I was fortunate that I had a car, you know, because mm-hmm. for some reason I was thinking I was going to live off base, mm-hmm. but they didn't give allowances like they did when I was in Wichita Falls, mm-hmm. and so all my extra money went to those car payments. Okay. And it's like, ah, I should have gotten a used car or whatever. But that was the first chance in my life to have a new car. We're right. kids. Right. Yeah. Ben. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, every night I would be checking out, like, different pubs in the area. <laughs> That's what I figure. Well, I mean, I in could. In your car. But they're really strict about drinking and driving laws, mm-hmm. too. So, <laughs> mostly I'd just be designated driver for everybody else. Mm-hmm. Okay, I didn't mention the pubs. But um, oh, it was Germany. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, And I love to dance. Oh, do you? So, I definitely danced my booty off. Oh, my gosh. That's that was a great i love dancing i, I do just too. love it i'm a wiggle wiggle well yeah. with, wiggle, wiggle, wiggle. such was, a good healthy stress conversations because mm-hmm. like you know the young people didn't really want to talk to you but the old people would tell you stories about world war ii and yeah. how they dated a yank and they dance you know, yeah and, oh yeah yeah but i mean so it's like this one guy he said he was born in boston but he grew up in florida and so right away this british guy that we're talking to went on or he was irish but he was living in england he just went on and on about Boston and Irish and JFK. And <laughs> so we're all like, okay, that was like before we were born. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, right, exactly. I feel like the young kids are doing that to me now. Uh-huh. <laughs> but I mean, so that was the fun part was not. meeting the locals. And then on the weekends, boy, we'd go to London or uh, one time for New Year's, we drove up to Edinburgh nice. and then drove back the next day. Oh, that's, that's like an eight or 10 hour drive. Amazing. But still, it was. 
beautiful part of the country that you wouldn't see because there weren't any Americans up that part. You know? Yeah. I took a sleeper car into Paris from oh, Germany wow. and we got in right when the sun was coming up and it was coming up over the Eiffel Tower mm -hmm. and little country bumpkin me oh. was like, oh my gosh, is this my life? Yeah. Imagine if they <laughs> had, if, imagine if they yeah, had smartphones then. Yeah, you'd been selfie. It was like, like a movie. Crazy. I know yeah. I would. I'm glad I got to enjoy it without a cell phone in my hand. Right. Oh my God, I wouldn't. I did not it. have a cell phone at that I'm time. So, yeah. yeah. There's so many moments I think it we missed because ago. people are so. I'm a, well, coming back from doing the thing in Corpus with the photos and everything, it was like every yeah. moment that was special to me Aww. was ruined because there was click, click, well, click, click. We click. Had, yeah. But, I mean. You know, but the mindfulness of being like at the Eiffel Tower and not when the sun came up, although it's beautiful. Anyway. But that's kind of the other military stereotype is you get access to cheap photography, you know, so everybody's got really nice cameras. And oh, yeah. Going all over to seeing these scenic sites. Yeah. But sooner or later, you realize it's like, well, I got to put the camera down. I'm never yeah. going to enjoy this. I agree. You know, but like we would just buy disposable cameras. This is back in the day before right. digital photography. And that way, if you lost it, ah, no big deal. You know, or you'd spend two or three months before you finally got it processed. Right? You know? Oh, gosh, I still have my daughter's Kingsonetta photos. So, but I'm coming across, like, all kinds of photos. It's like, I kind of remember who this person is. Yeah. You know, just, like, a roommate you had that month, you know, decided to go somewhere for the for weekend. Sure. And I am glad I did have a camera when I was in the military because I do have some really great photos from that time. But as a professional photographer, I do try to really be mindful of a moment. Like, mm -hmm. if a moment is happening, a beautiful moment, I don't want to... I don't ever want to encroach on that right. as a photographer. Right. Mm -hmm. And some people are very skilled at not encroaching on a special moment. Yeah. Some people are. See, and that was weird because when I was a part of my, I almost got an Article 15 because I was coming back with photos that were not, they wanted you in. I mean, you're like, you're, this is your order. You get in their face. Mm -hmm. I mean, like, and having, you know, change of commands or whatever. I mean, you're right in the middle of that moment. And, you know, no, I didn't know at the time. But even at funerals, I mean, the, the grieving, they want you in. We don't mm -hmm. care if the family's grieving. Get the photo. Wow. And that was, I mean, it was hard. And I remember they were like, you come back here again. It's going to be an Article 15 and 49. Wait, I'm sorry. D, you, you said you almost got an Article 15. I'm so surprised. Yeah. <laughs> I know. That was the only reason why. <laughs> Actually, that would have been the only reason why. I was such a I love you. No, yeah. I, you know what? I was the most. Diesel D. I know. What's amazing was I was the most. I, I, I won't say high speed. But, I mean, I had a short chain of command, so yeah, I could not I get in trouble. Speed. I had a I had a master sergeant, a lieutenant colonel, yeah. and then the hundred and first airborne commander. And so I could not stick out and there was well, no wiggle room. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I was again I had like maybe an E six or seven. Right. And, and then, when I would and get then, off you know, and I was mad, my coping tool was I would get out and go play pool. I would just, you know, oh, and cool. yeah, shoot pool with the infantry guys I and I yeah, it would give me something yeah. to aim at. And I still say it. it gives me something to shoot at and not go to jail. And you can just talk trash the whole time. That's right. the best part about playing pool in my opinion. Well, and I could focus my energy or my frustration or my anger on that ball and put somebody's face on that ball and then hit it and I got very you know it was good you know so Therapy. it was and then I would also travel and I would get in my car and just go random places yeah. well that's what yeah. I was going to say so, yeah, yeah having a car overseas was really cool because yeah you me too go places you couldn't otherwise yeah. yep and but so, the public transportation there is amazing oh certainly oh, yeah that, that's and true. cheap and so mm. efficient so and nice I loved it it's there kinda, yeah. and easy to maneuver I mean, I remember that. Even like in France, Paris, what do they have? The Louvre? No, that's the museum. What do they have? Not the t the metro. 
No, that's so. London. What do mm -hmm. they have in the In London, it's called the Tube. Yeah, mm -hmm. what is it in, in Paris? In Paris, it's, it's the, the Metro. Is it the Metro? With okay. an L-E oh, in front yeah. of it. I, I forgot. <laughs> oh, yeah, Le, <laughs> le Metro. Nice. I forgot. Your French accent is amazing. I love you. Oh, my gosh. Although they were much nicer to us than the English were. <laughs> and you know it's funny because everybody French. talks about how rude the French are. And it's I like, thought they were great. If they were you beautiful. go to Paris, that's like a big city. You yeah, know? Uh, New York. New York's known rude for being, too. Uh, I thought the French were amazing. Either. London wasn't exactly embracing either. Yeah. But also, it's like, were you the one that was rude? Right. And then they were rude to you because yeah, I'm awesome when I travel. I'm just try to be friendly to everyone. Yeah. Oh, I yeah. try to accommodate. Uh, and then I get treated friendly. I right. exaggerate <laughs> my Texas accent. You know. Oh, my dad. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> I have it. Yep. My dad would, okay, Ooh. so he would, my dad, Lamar. They, they hate Americans, but they love Texans. Cowboys. Right. Well, my dad or, would, we'd go over, <laughs> my dad wears these overalls, okay? Right. We go over there, and he's got overalls. His name's Lamar. We get in France. He goes, you know, my name's Lamar. That's French for the ocean. My mother's running behind him going, no, that's really not right. It's Lamar. <laughs> that's not Lamar. He's and holding out his hand yeah. with all his money <laughs> when he's going in to buy stuff and letting them pick mm. out what he owes. And it was like, you know, and he would talk, merci beaucoup. And he, and oh, my gosh, that sounds as, like me. Are you, nice as are you mocking me? Yeah. Well, it's funny because we <laughs> got to so run nice. down to London at least every other month, if not mm. more often. Yeah. And like it just became such habit, you didn't even think about it. And I got down there, was like, oh, I don't have a toothbrush. So I went into the local drugstore whatever. It wasn't even a drugstore. It was like a storefront. Like a little bodega thing? Right, exactly. You know, selling postcards and batteries, whatever. Yeah. And so I, I wanted to buy a toothbrush. And he goes, okay, that'll be $10. And I reached in my pocket. And I was like, wait a minute. First of all, you don't take dollars. And 10 is pretty expensive for a toothbrush. <laughs> Oh he was hoping you were But yeah, he just heard my American accent. He was just going to take advantage. He's like, oh, Why? Hey, here's a 10. <laughs> so I have a good story to tell about London. They were rude. I will mm. say that. I don't know if they're really rude or if it just, I mean, they're the only people I know who can compliment you and it sounds like an insult. Well, I won't say you they know? were what? rude. They just weren't overly know. friendly. Like, oh, you're not very bright, are you? You're what? Like, oh, I'm not. No, well, I'm like, saying oh, so it's just a big city, and they're, they've yeah. seen Americans before, and we're not right. an oddity. Yeah. yeah. I lost my That's camera true. with all of my film, three weeks worth of film, and my, my camera, um, it was back before digital, left it on the tube in London, and had every vacation photo mm. on it, and cried and cried and of course when we went and reported it to the two police they were like mm -hmm. oh yes we'll take your address That's you're not very yeah. bright are you yeah you're <laughs> not very bright you're not from here no, that's that <laughs> a, that a yanker yeah. <laughs> you're so right like, about the big city though i mean i honestly i really kind of like walking around in like Manhattan, mm -hmm. New York City, because you can be anonymous right. because people are getting somewhere. They're on their commute. They commute via walk. They're like right, they're walking, walking to work. They're walking. They're going places. You know, they don't have they just like, can you imagine being in your car and driving? And, you know, that's your commute. Yeah, <laughs> that's their commute. Um, they that's wanna, why they're healthier than we are. And I don't know. <laughs> I like it. I like the I like anonymity walking. of being in, in a, a big city. city. I yeah. do like being. Well, I will say the end of it. We went home. They laughed at us. And six months later, we got my camera in the mail. 
oh. with the same frame. They didn't even take a picture of themselves and say, hey. It, <laughs> oh, I so would have done you that. You Bianchi, s- here's your camera. That is fool. awesome. But yes, and that's why I was like, some Aww. amazing British guy that was uh, looked like John Taylor from Duran Duran probably found it. And <laughs> was like, oh, <laughs> I love that. <laughs> I was like, that's what had happened. That's a happy ending. So yes, that made me happy about big cities and kind people. Because they're I everywhere. love it. Yeah, they're <laughs> <and good. laughs> there are good I have people faith everywhere. Good, yes, there's good people I do everywhere. Too. I agree. But anyway, so what's the next step for you? I have this before we, you know, we're going to be closing out in a minute. I want to know what's next for Amberly Russell May Muscle. Well, I have a photo shoot today, so Mm -hmm. I'm still doing photography. I'm doing an art project that is one art for me photo shoot a month. You can find me at Amberly Russell, (gasps) A-M-B-E-R-L-Y, AmberlyRussell.com. That's my website. And I still do photography. I'm doing one art shoot a month. And it is going to be shown at a gallery called Zoe Market in Buda at the end of the year on 12... Uh, two twenty-two. <gasps> It'll be my first public gallery showing. My friend Pearl Z is going to play, oh and my gosh. also Ruby Dice is going to okay. play. Oh my! Um, so that's coming up, and then continuing to be a digital archivist, which I love at permanent.org. You can find me there. Mm-hmm. Uh, um, Amberly at permanent.org too. So those are all my things. Oh my so many good things. You're such a busy, busy veteran. I like bug. being. I like being busy. If it's creative, I do too. Yeah, well, I have too. to thank you for coming on the show. Dee, I love you. We're friends in real life, by I the know, way. Friends, not in URL. IRL. In IRL. That's like IRL. I love you. And thank you, Steve. This yeah. is amazing. Sure, yeah, it was great meeting you. It yeah, you fun. too. I love talking to y'all. All righty. Well, I guess, Steve, if that's it, we're good on time, or what do we got? Left? Oh, don't forget we have Kissing Alley, which, by the way, if you're not doing anything Thursday, I'm going to be dancing because it's going to be Selfless Lovers. Selfless and Lovers they play, Thursday and night. I love that. 7 to 10. That's, um, yeah, 7 to 10. Oh, and if Thursday. you get a chance, uh, stick around tonight, 6 to 8 p.m. for Revolving Door. Troy Stone is going to be on. Oh, is he? Mm-hmm. Oh, gosh. He's I always been one of my favorites. He's a great musician. And I love he's him. a great guy, too. He he's, is. He when really I had is. my back injury, he drove me down to San Antonio a couple he, times. He's a good guy. He's a you know, it's funny because when he and I played on the same stage one time and we made jokes about stones and nuts because it's all nature. <laughs> and I was like, how do you not work with the Where's last name stones? Stone? It's like, yeah. I've got stones in my nut basket. Oh, my gosh. My I love you. I so, just yeah. love you. For the mill, right? So that'll be great. Yeah, that's this evening. All right. Well, I guess that's it for this week of Veterans Hour. You guys have a great week unless you made other plans.
Lauren's Hour is supported and underwritten by Down to Earth Barbecue Sauces and Rubs. Gluten-free, no MSGs. 512-585-4497 or sauce at downtoearthbarbecue.com. Get down to earth and get sauced.